All right, you ready? Yep. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. This is Nick Adams. Uh, I am here with Kyle Lewis. Hey. This is the Walking Together podcast. Uh, I'm going to be your host today. Yeah. Uh, on the Walking Together walking together podcast uh for those of you that have not listened uh two pastors today normally four but just really a group of guys getting together you know sharpening each other uh talking about anything most things uh and just how god is is in those things or not more or less uh today on the podcast we're talking about worship um, specifically worship music, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of why we worship, uh, but the whole reason we're talking about worship today is kind of, we ask ourselves, it, um, occasionally, why do we do what we do? Why do we worship? Why do we congregate? Why do we why does the, I'm sure if you've ever sat in a service on Sunday, you wonder if your brain's anything like mine, why is there all those instruments up there? Why are there two mm-hmm. kinds of guitars? If you're somebody like me that don't know anything about music, sorry, that's my phone. Um, and so today I'm kind of, more or less asking somebody that knows more than I do about it. And that would be Kyle, who is worship pastor. Um, and so I guess the first thing that comes to my mind in the context of worship to ask you would be, what is the purpose of worship? So um, I think it is really important to even... Uh, define well really define what worship is first and foremost uh so today's church culture has in their head that um music is worship but um or it's it's what is the colloquial term for it is the music aspect of it um, so I always try to, whenever I talk about it, make sure that we say musical worship. And I know that's, uh, that's something that I've, I appreciate that now that I understand what it is, but I used to be what you say over and over, whether you realize it or not, you subconsciously associate that word with a thing. Right. So if you always get up and say less worship and you start playing music, then you mm-hmm. subconsciously think that music is worship. And if you don't explain what worship is, then that's all you know. Right. And I, I you know, right. was one of those people at, at a point in time. Absolutely. I mean, because then you even start thinking, well, like, well, I can't worship unless I'm listening to a band or I can't worship unless I'm at the church or in and the I, church building. I you think know. they do it on the radio, and I, I know they don't mean to, but even on the radio, if you, if you turn on 90.5 or K-Love or a Christian contemporary, don't, you know, the word worship is thrown in there a lot. Right. And it's a music radio station, and it's just another one of those things that yep. you associate a word with a thing. 
Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, understanding that worship is really how we live our lives unless the music, um, I think that's first and foremost, but then too, to, uh, say step in on a Sunday morning and the musical worship that we play, why we do, uh, why we do that and why it's important is because, uh, you know, all throughout Psalms, I mean, Psalms is a go-to book for worship leaders. Let's be honest. Wor- musical worship leaders. Had to catch myself. Um, Don't some Bibles or translations say it's Psalm of songs instead of just using the word Psalms? Uh, no, because it, it uh, well, maybe. I don't know. I know they do Song of Songs, like for Song of Solomon. Yes, but that may be where I got that. Yeah. Um, something to help people with Psalms. So it is Hebrew yeah. songs, and when you yeah. translate them in English, it don't sound the same. And it, that used to always really like, it, this is songs. It's, uh, I, this is a hard <laughs> one to sing. Right. The way I'm reading it. And that's the thing is like, it, it's it's poetry and I mean, almost to what we would call spoken word now, um, especially like Psalm 119, um, is a, it's an alliteration. So each section starts with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So that's why it's separated into the, um, oh, geez, how many sections? I think 18, it's either 18, 19, or 20. I learned that the Hebrews would do that uh, alphabetical letter alliteration mm-hmm. thing as a way to help you memorize it because right. they didn't have thousands of copies of right song books like we do or right. iPhones to pull it up on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like they they memorized books and books of the Torah uh, and they would I mean they would memorize the Torah um, but yeah all that to say like Understanding that worship is what we do with our lives. It is pouring out uh, to God and exclaiming how great he is and that he is worthy, which is where we get the word worship from. Uh, he, his worship is so much more than what we could ever even offer. And so we just lay down everything that we have. Um, so why we come together and do that on a Sunday morning has always been something really interesting to me. Um but one of my favorite passages is actually the shortest chapter in the Bible, and it is Psalm 117. I'm going to read that. And uh, if you ever want to just show off and tell somebody that you can quote an entire chapter of the Bible, you can do that with Psalm 117 because it's only two verses. It is, Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him, all peoples, for his faithful love to us is great. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Hallelujah. That's it. All right. But the thing is, is it shows us that we can collectively and should collectively um, sing praise to God. I mean, sing sing back to Him of what He's done. Um, it, it's an important thing. I mean, and then you even go to Psalm uh, 100. Let me pull it up real quick. No, 101, 100. Uh, Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. So, those are just two examples. In Psalms, of course, there's many others. Um, But that's why we're supposed to come together and actually sing, because it's something that uh, God enjoys. Something that I learned that helped me understand the why behind it and the importance was when we come together and do it mm-hmm. because you know a question in my mind was well, what is so important about coming together and doing it yeah if you think about it when we worship when we sing when we worship musically and we sing it is one of the only times that all of us mm-hmm. are praising and saying the same prayer to our God. Right. And so, you I mean, you just hit the nail on the head with that. And that's why so often whenever I'm leading, I'll mention like, hey, this this bridge or this section of the song, and really the whole song itself it is truly a prayer because prayer is just communication with God, right? Um, yeah, there, there's unity in it. Um, and that is a, that's a huge thing. Like we're all part of the same family and, uh, yet we get the opportunity to scatter throughout the week and then we gather together on Sunday to do things corporately and together. Um, but then whenever we get to sing all together, man, it it is a really, really cool thing. Think about it. So for those of you people whose hearts are jacked up like mine and you think well i'm not a good singer and i don't really enjoy singing because it's not my style of music or brand of music think about like if you've never experienced it and if think about it if you've ever been to a football game Mm. and you were you whether you know it or not you kind of worship whatever your team is Mm -hmm. my team and you're not even on it that always just kind (laughs) of My team. You don't even you don't even play on that. Well, you, <laughs> anyway, you know there's certain chants or mantras or especially like if you're the winning team or home team and you've ever heard anybody kind of get out their keys and start jingling and then somebody's na 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 and then every and and you hear that whole entire stadium just and it's just that roar. And it's it's an experience that you never forget. Right. And I have experienced that happening. I wish it happened more in a congregation. When everybody joins in and comes together, there's this harmonious chord. Like we're all being of the same mm-hmm. accord. And it is an experience like no other, just like right. being at a football game and, 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 and singing that mantra. Yeah. And then you wonder like, why do I get excited at a football game or when somebody scores a touchdown, but I'm not excited about this. Right. And so I've had, I have to even pray like God show me. Right. Why this is important. Show me what, what this means or what this is about. And he will. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you whose hearts might not be in it, um, 
I would say start there. Yeah. Yeah. And realize, you know, that you do worship something. Right. And you do get excited about something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. uh, when you put it in the right place, it just makes it that much sweeter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, and that's something that, um, man, cause I ain't going to lie. Like I get excited whenever I hear people sing back. Like that is something that I, as a worship leader, get really excited about. Um, and there's some Sundays, man, that the congregation out sings me on a microphone. Uh, those are my favorite. And then there's some Sundays <laughs> where it's the exact opposite. Like if you can almost hear crickets. Um, I mean, an understanding too that, uh, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's the song. Sometimes it's the style. Sometimes it's the key of the song, like how high or low it's being sung and just makes it either more difficult or um, just a song that people really don't enjoy. And don't get me wrong. Like I still think that we should strive to uh, worship even in those moments because, Again, all of life is worship, and uh, we worship through tough stuff, too. Um, so that's that's just, like, me being totally honest about that. But then also, too, like, I understand, too, when people uh, don't sing or really are just kind of, you know, blank-faced. Um, I mean, because sometimes that's contemplation. <laughs> sometimes it's... Um, just their physical reaction, but they're like internally bowed down. Yeah. So it, it, the crazy thing is it's not for us to know everybody's heart. That's, that's, right. That's only God's job. And, you know, I come from a Baptist background and, and Baptist. You best keep your hands down. Are reserved. And um, when you, it goes back to you know you associate yeah. a thing with a with a place or a whatever, and if you do it long enough, you kind of get in this habit of well, this is just how this goes, right? And um, sometimes I have to close my eyes mm-hmm. because of being around so many people and not so much that I'm worried about what people think about me, but just you imagine doing something a particular way your whole life and realizing like it, that's not what it's about. Right. And trying to get out of climb out of that sometimes is tough. So some, most of the time when I truly get in a spirit of worship, I close my eyes and just focus on God. Right. And when you can get, when you can drown all that other stuff out, um, it makes you realize why you're doing what you're doing and you get almost caught up in it. Same, Absolutely. same thing visually. Like if you put your hand right in front of your face and stare at it long enough, everything in the background gets blurry. Mm-hmm. And then if you do it long enough and do it enough, you can get to where you can put your hand further out and do it. Right. Uh, if that helps. <laughs> yeah. You understand kind of what I'm trying to talk about. Absolutely. I mean, because that's the thing is it, it is a practice. It's a, uh, 
Um, so one of my favorite books is Christian Disciplines for the no Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. Um, and one of the things that he mentions in there is is worship. Uh, and to think that worship is a discipline, like musical worship is a discipline because not just in training and, you know, making yourself more proficient in the skill, but um, preparing yourself to come into uh, the collective family time of musical worship is a real thing. Like, it is a discipline. It is something that you have to condition yourself for and toward um, every every Sunday, you know? And that's something that uh, we've talked about a lot uh, on Sunday mornings and even a little bit here uh, on the podcast, but uh, saying, you know, how much do we prepare ourselves for Sunday morning? It's not just something that a pastor should do um, or that a worship team should do, a musical worship team should do. It should be everybody. Like, how are you preparing your heart to interact with God and experience God on that morning. I say it almost every Sunday, you know, Sunday is Sunday is really just a celebration of what God has done throughout the week. So it's going to be hard for you to celebrate or get caught up in the spirit of worship. If you haven't spent any time with God that week, right? You're going to be trying to play catch up and, you can't do it all in an hour on Sunday. And um, so I think for me, sometimes that blankly staring is realizing that and being humbled by that and, and kind of repenting of that. Right. And I don't know, like we just said, it's, it's not for us to know people's hearts, but I think sometimes people feel that conviction and and um, that is the reason for their physical bodily response right absolutely and still understanding too that sometimes it does come down to song choice (laughs) yeah of course you know if you sing a song nobody knows it's gonna be hard for everybody to so that was a perfect kind of segue into my next question of you know how do what goes into being a worship leader what goes into selecting the songs yeah so this is something that uh over the years, I've kind of honed. And so just um, some people may not even know, but like I've been leading worship for uh, about 13 years. So it used to be just, well, hey, we can do that. (laughs) And by we, I mean me and a person on a djembe. Meaning you can, I can strum those chords so we can right. physically output this song. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, wasn't worried about the quality of the playing, wasn't worried about the quality of the lyrics, but I will say like that is something that I have, uh, again, kind of honed over the years. And so kind of always going through a rubric and a, a flow of how I figure out if it's a good song for it or not. So the first one, is uh, always primarily like, is this song true? Um, because we absolutely have fun singing and playing instruments as a worship team, as a musical worship team. That is 
it is fun. But it can't just be that. And it can't, that can't be our only goal on Sunday morning is for the congregation to have fun. Is it a goal? Yes, but it is not the primary thing. Because we, and this is something that I, you know, we talk about on the, at rehearsals and stuff often is like we get the opportunity to preach through song for about 15 to 20 minutes every single Sunday. So if your preacher was lying to you every Sunday, you wouldn't go back, right? Or maybe you would if it's what you wanted to hear, but that's not the goal. That's not the reason that we show up. We preach to hear. I mean, we we come to hear truth. Um, and so that's the number one, that is my number one rubric is, is this true? And is this biblical, uh, is because there's a lot of songs that are candy to be totally honest. Like it sounds good, you know, it's sweet, you know, and it makes, it just makes me feel good, but we, we can't do that. Yeah. Well, like candy, if we only did what made us feel good over time, you would feel bad. Absolutely. Your teeth would be rotted out and you'd be jello. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, even already looking ahead to next year, like um, I'm already looking at Christmas songs for this year. I've already got the Christmas songs picked out. Uh, we're putting together the list of songs that we're uh, going to use for next year. Um, and I know that may sound crazy, but I think that um, in planning and preparing that stuff, um, I think it's a cool thing because then we get the chance as a band and as a musical worship team to rehearse those things and practice them and be able to uh, play them well. Uh, well, kind of like just like the Hebrews, you know, and just like we've been talking about what you associate things with, the more time you spend doing something, the it, it, the easier it, it gets. It, it gets into your soul, right? And you uh, don't have to manufacture it so much, right? And so that's why we do try to plan ahead as much as that, you know, even now for twenty twenty three, um, and so again, like the. The first thing I look for is truth. The second thing um, that I'm looking for is uh, not just, is it something that we can do? Is it something that the congregation can sing? Because um, one of the other tasks, and I don't know if anybody else knows unless you've been on a musical worship team, but one of the tasks uh, that is really interesting is to grab people's attention so that's the like, hey, you know, this is this is worship. We're going to have fun because worship can be fun. Um, we're going to grab people's attention and immediately divert it away. Um, so we have to grab people's attention too. So it does have to. It's got to be something that they can sing and they can have fun with. Um, so I use the phrase like congregationally friendly. Well, you know, I um, listened to a pastor named Joby Martin. Uh, I think he's from Jacksonville, Florida. And he points out 
just in his worship. And it's funny, I listen to him because, uh, like me, he he talks a little slower and has a thicker accent and is from Dillon, South Carolina, and and uh, I relate to him. But uh, singing songs that not so much are easy to sing, but that help people, you know, if you're only singing high upbeat song my my voice can't do it (laughs) so it's going to be harder for me to get up in that spirit just like uh he'll he'll joke about you know i kind of have a country sounding voice so it's easier for me to sing country sounding songs right and uh what's all my life you have been faithful yeah that's he pointed it out and and now now i can only hear it this way but it sounds like you know tracy lawrence or somebody should be singing that song (laughs) like all my life you have been faithful (laughs) sounds like country song it does well i love singing it it now yeah that i think about it that way but helping people you know you're for you're facilitating worship so helping people get in into it and not always having just one not always catering just to one singing style right and i think that was absolutely you know even though i would say the younger generation because i think because it wasn't so much the hymns but but because of the the seriousness and the lack of enthusiasm Mm -hmm. in the way some people used the hymns people especially younger generation uh, my generation and younger uh, kind of got tired of the hymns because it was like nobody's, there's no emotion. <laughs> right. And not to say that emotion is the only thing, but just, you know, but the good thing about hymns was they were put out in a way that they were easy to memorize. Yeah. And everybody could sing them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, so one of the things that, um, one of the things I love about hymns is, man, they were, a lot of them were taken straight from Bible verses. Yeah. You know, like they, they were taken almost ripped right out. If the Bible had been copywritten, they'd be in, in a lot of trouble. And it's funny, I have noticed even the new songs that are coming out. Yeah. They're just revamped versions yes. of hymns. Man. Or of those Bible verses that were turned into hymns. Right. And man, that's that is one thing that I love. And so um because a lot of hymns were meant to be played on piano. It's really difficult to play them on guitar and play them well. Well being the key phrase. Because <laughs> um, I could play them, it just wouldn't sound sound good. And so I like that they're coming out with uh revamped versions of it because it, it just fits the sonic fingerprint of today's culture. But it, I, I like that they're doing that because man, the, the, the hymns were solid and I like that they used the, uh, what was going on and what was popular around them. This is a very not well known fact, but a lot of the hymns, the music for them was based on bar songs. A lot of them were based on bar tunes. 
in the melodies. Right, and they would change back the in the day at a bar, you normally had a piano. Right. And so what they did was they grabbed that and took it and turned it into something that really praises God. <laughs> and so, man, I, I love it. And so that's one of the reasons that even whenever I'm picking the songs, I'll make sure that um, that we do incorporate some hymns because they're they're tested, they're tried and true. Um, and plus, too, they are congregationally friendly because everybody already knows the words. Uh, it's easy to sing along. It's easy to grab people's attention with it and immediately divert it. Um, because that is ultimately my goal. And I hope that um, everybody knows that my goal on a Sunday morning is not to perform to people, right? But you said you said the word a minute ago. It's to facilitate worship. I'm only laying the, the base layer and then expecting other people to build upon it. That helps me, you know, in, in far as you say in, you know, kind of your getting prepared for worship, uh, to know that, you know, that I'm not here just to be entertained. I'm not here for you to, this isn't a come and sit and watch. This is, we're, we're coming together as a family to celebrate right. what God has done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that kind of points me to the, uh, like the next step in picking songs is, is it true? Is it congr? Excuse me. Is it congregationally friendly? The, the third one is, uh, does it fit the tone of the sermon and what's ultimately being communicated? I'm going to pause real quick. But yeah, the, the tone of the songs too. Uh, I mean, so you have different speeds and stuff, but you also have um, even just different textures in a song. Some are faster, some are slower. Um, I mean, but the best example I can come up with is, you know, if you were at a funeral, you're not going to want to sing if you're happy and you know it. Probably not. I mean, I mean you know, it's... It, so if it's a, you know, like we've been in the prophets... Yes, there is hope in the prophets, absolutely. But if the message isn't about hope and it's about judgment, are we going to sing, are we happy and we know it? Probably not. It should be about reflection and God's greatness and faithfulness, right? And I think uh, it made me think about emotion, and you shouldn't just, you don't make decisions based off of emotion. Right. You shouldn't, anyway. And uh, just because thinking about the judgment and how that makes you feel like it's okay if everything isn't always upbeat and happy and there's there's certain times and seasons for four things and remembering it helps me to remember just because like it's it's good to what i'm trying to say is it, it it's good to to live in those moments of the different times God calls us into. Like there, there's a time that you need reflection or you need conviction or you need to repent. And that just because it makes you feel a certain way, doesn't mean it's not good. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, 
being in a family, like even though it's dysfunctional most of the time, it's good to kind of lay it all out there and be able to be transparent and honest with people and go through those things with people. That's what makes us tighter. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if only thing we were doing was trying to, you know, do the electric slide on Sunday, then over time people would just be, you know, they would only know how to feel one way. Right. And then whenever crap does hit the fan, they're not going to turn to, well, you know what? I should praise. Right. You know, that's what I loved. Um, So a few years ago, like our theme song of the church, uh, the gathering was uh, pretty much was Yes, I Will. Is because that was like our Florence song, right? Like, because it reminded us that, you know, and Bobby used the example many times, when your roof is caving in, which his nearly, I mean, his ceiling was falling down, what what else can you do except praise? Not because it's falling down, but because God's faithful through it falling down, you know? Um but yeah, and so that's that's really how I uh, pick the songs, and now how I form a set list any given Sunday is uh, really just based on that, like trying to figure out the flow, trying to figure out keys and all that fun stuff. That's usually uh, stuff that bores people, but uh, it's it's not just like drawing numbers out of a hat, uh, just so. Everybody does know, uh, but really based on, you know, is there a flow? There's a theme. Um, does it fit the message, the tone of it? Does um, does it make sense overall? And, you know, is it going to be a really slow Sunday? Is it going to be an upbeat Sunday? Um, yeah, but it doesn't really matter how it falls as long as what we're singing is true, which is why I always go back to number one. Because we don't know what's happening in absolutely every single person's life uh, throughout any given week. You know, it could be a really good week. It could be a really bad week. And so um, whenever I put together a set list for any given Sunday, I do spend a lot of time in prayer over it because God knows. You know, and I I try and stay a little ways out, um, you know, at least a quarter. I try and have a quarter of the year planned at a time. Uh, but you know, if, if I'm praying about it and picking songs that God wants me to pick, then he already knows, you know, he already knows what's going to be happening in that person's life. He's going to know who's there. He's going to know exactly what they need to hear. Um, so that's the other fun part is like knowing that it's not all on me, uh, knowing that it's on God. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's why we sing songs together that's why we do musical worship that's why we uh pick the songs that we do um yeah it's really fun like i think it's a really cool thing that i get to use my talents to make a joyful noise well that's what you know being part of something bigger than yourself i think everybody longs for that whether they realize it or not because 
you and yourself can only go so far. Absolutely. And knowing that you're part of something bigger than yourself is what gives people hope and purpose. And knowing that it takes all the weight off your shoulders, like you were just saying, knowing that it's not, it's not really on me. Right. And absolutely, God's just using me. I'm just a vessel, you know? Yep. And that's what makes it fun or, or less, you know, because if it was dependent all upon you, we know as humans, eventually we're going to fail. Right. And, yep. uh, every time. So in saying all that, uh, I hope, you know, just in closing in reflection of, of everything we've talked about, I, I hope that helps you understand why we do what we do, why we worship, why we come together, why we sing and how, Worship is your life. Right. Just like if you look at the word worth, W-O-R, what is what is it worth to you and ship, worth, ship. If you put yep. the T-H in there, it helps you understand that it's more than just singing. It, it does right. me anyway. And uh, I hope, you know, whoever listens to this, it, it helps you understand that, um, it matters why you do what you do and Mm -hmm. there's a reason for it. It's not just a time filler. It's not just a thing to make you feel good. Yeah. That was one of the things I wanted to mention too, is that we're, because man, if there's plenty of other ways that we could fill time, if that's all this was about, there's tons of ways. Um, but I do think it is important. Um, this will be my last thing before we close out, if that's okay. We just wanted to mention too, like even if singing is not necessarily fun for you, I want to challenge everybody to do it. Not just so that way uh, myself and the band feels like we've done a job well done, but because what singing does for you. Um, so whenever you sing, it, it does actually do something chemically in your brain. And the whole point is not a biology lesson, but just knowing that it does actually do something in your brain. The second reason, I would argue the most important reason, is um, people remember things better through song and through melody. Like it is one of the best memory tools that we have. And so whenever you are singing truth, as you go throughout your day, you know, if one of the songs that we do on a Sunday morning is just an earworm and you can't get it out of your head, man, just, just sing it because, uh, you're singing truth. And it may be one of those times where you're going through a crappy day that that's the time that you need to just be singing that song because it's, it's not about us. It's about God. It's about praising him through good and bad through the ups and downs of life. Uh, and it could just be exactly what you need to be singing or remembering even in that moment. That is so true. And it made me realize, you know, everybody gets a song stuck in their head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yesterday I was working wrapping in insulation and, uh, after you do it for three or four hours, it's kind of <laughs> like, man, I'm tired of doing this. <laughs> and I was getting, you know, just kind of, it was getting tedious and kind of meticulous. And I remembered, uh, Chris Rayner is an, is another worship leader and part of the 
band um here and we were out on the beach and he was doing some songs and uh i remembered the yeah. songs he did and and i just started humming them and before i knew it I, I wasn't even thinking about what i was doing anymore and i was happy right and because i was i was remembering what god did for me and what god continues to do for me and, and the blessings and how you know i wasn't focused on what this is doing for me right now right in my work and it made my work more enjoyable absolutely absolutely so that that's that'll be my challenge to everybody um just sing out again not for me but sing out in praise uh and knowing that it'll be good for you later too so all right guys um just wanted to say sing it out It'll, uh, if it don't do anything, it, it loosens me up. I hope it loosens you up. And, and remember, have fun. Relax. Don't be so serious and hard on yourself all the time. Uh, anyway, if this has benefited you in any way, or if there's anything we said that you want to know more about, please comment. Ask a question. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, if, if you find this helpful, uh, if you like it, then uh, rate rate the podcast, share it, subscribe to it, tell somebody else about it. Um, but this has been the Walking Together podcast, and uh, you can find more information about it at gatheringsurfcity.com slash WTP. Um, it's also on our app. If you go to the app store, type in Gathering Surf City, you'll see a big green G, and that's us. But... Uh, Hope y'all have a good week and thank you for listening. Later.